Kia ora and welcome to the Creative Matters podcast, where we have inspiring conversations with New Zealand artists. I'm your host, Mandy Yakich. These conversations are intimate, uplifting and insightful. The guests on the show have absolutely enriched my life and I'm sure their stories will have the same effect on you. Thank you so much for joining me to listen to these amazing people speak about what drives them, the way they work and their personal takes on life. Hi and welcome back to Creative Matters. This week I'm speaking with Valerie Auspeck, also known as Valorism and I Am Valorism. Valerie is an Austrian artist living in Aotearoa and is now a New Zealand resident. Valerie creates acrylic paintings and digital drawings depicting pop surreal scenes in a colourful dreamlike manner. Her work brings a smile and sense of wonder to the viewer. Valerie explores the world inside and around herself, pairing the expected with the unusual. She focuses on themes such as memory, pop culture and mental health. Yeah, so my work is definitely very therapeutic. So I think one of the reasons I do what I do is because I need to do it almost. Like I've noticed if I don't do it for a while, I actually notice that I feel like almost clogged up. Mm. (laughs) I just need to get it out on paper. Yeah. Her work is a whimsical commentary on how our inner journeys, moods and situations are something that connect us. Valerie is a self-taught artist who has worked in fashion, animation and advertising. Art has always been her passion and side hustle and finally she took the leap to become a full-time artist in 2020. We have a really fun, insightful chat about how Valerie processes her pregnancy through her work, the potentials of NFTs, the reasons why some of her characters are masked, and how she uses symbolism and narratives to express herself. Like her work, this episode will make you smile, I am sure. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Valerie. Hi, Mandy. It's so lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. And thank you so much for coming all the way to the city to see me. It's lovely to be in your apartment, which is so funky and cool, like a sort of old school apartment. Yeah, I really love it. It's kind of, it's an interesting apartment. I don't think there's a single right angle in the entire apartment. (laughs) Yeah, it's really beautiful. Do you know what year it is? I think it was built 1920s, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. so good with really high stud and compliments your work so beautifully. You've got all your paintings up on the walls, which look incredible. And uh, yeah, it's just so nice to come to somebody's home and studio and sort of actually see the work in real life after the research I've been doing. And uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to hear about your life in Austria and the other things that you have done. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Of course. So um, yeah, I was born in Austria in a small city outside of Vienna. Um, and I think like a lot of artists have always been creative, have always drawn. And I remember coming home from school and just drawing, drawing, drawing. Um, it's just always come natural to me. And I even went to a... Uh, at high school 
So it was my parents were very supportive of it, but I, for some reason, never thought of arts as a career or that that could be a career. So after school, I studied fashion and um, then worked in fashion until I was about 23 when I had a burnout. And I realized that's way too young to have a burnout. Mm. <laughs> this is not the career for me. Yeah. And why do you think that happened? Um, I was working for a brand. So I was starting a brand with someone else and we were working from Monday to Sunday from 8am till two in the morning every day. And I was pretty much living off coffee and cigarettes. So <laughs> there were a lot of factors Wow. that I could have probably, I mean, there's a lot of things I could have done to avoid that burnout, but Mm-hmm. And in a way, it was also good because I, I was very, at that age, I was very career orientated. I was like, I had a fixed plan of where I wanted to be, how I want to live my life. And I kind of was all about work. And mm-hmm. then when that happened, I had to completely reevaluate what I actually want out of life. And I went traveling for a bit. And that's actually the first time I came to Australia and New Zealand back then. Um, and then I went to the UK to study 3D animation. Because I always liked storytelling, and I thought that's a very good thing to do that. Um, and worked in 3D animation for a bit uh, before packing that up too <laughs> and going to Australia. Oh, wow. Um, and and how, was, how did you find the 3D animation? I mean, that must have been nice for you as someone who loved to draw. Yeah, I really loved it. So I did, I did a lot of the animating, and I just really loved yeah, the storytelling part and mm. just kind of bringing things alive. Mm. And, was, what, and why did that come to an end, do you think? Um, well, I was right in the global financial crisis when I finished and when I was looking for work and did some little jobs. And there was just not a lot around, especially in London at that time. And then I was kind of sick of the cold weather. Mm. <laughs> I was like, where can I go? Where it's a yeah. bit warmer. And so you obviously had a real sort of yearning for travel. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I feel like back then I was also just so brave I didn't really think things through like there was no plan or there was no how am I going to do it financially or what am I going to do when I get there it was just like pack my bags and go yeah and I just had such a such a trust that things will work out yeah things always did yeah which is amazing isn't it I mean I think part of it is that sort of naivety of youth yeah I think so so I'm kind of I miss that now that just that that, that blind bravery of just doing things and just Mm. But yeah. then, you know, you're obviously a person, you know, a younger person who you kind of knew what you want and you weren't afraid to make changes and sort of go down another road. Yeah. Which not all young people are good at. No, I think I'm also lucky because I always felt like I had the supports of my parents. Like they, I always felt like I had a safety net if something went horribly, horribly wrong. Like they were always there. Mm. So I think I'm very lucky in that sense that, I could be a bit braver because I had I had the love of my family that I could always fall back on. Yeah. Or like yeah. Yeah. Which move back lovely. in with my parents if something went super horribly mm. wrong and I mm. wouldn't yeah. So were you actually um at that time creating on the side? Um yeah, I was so when I studied three D animation I was drawing a lot on the side. So I was doing a lot of like, character development and things like that. And then when I moved to Australia that's when I actually started more seriously drawing and started an Instagram account and started, I even started a Twitter account, which I <laughs> never use anymore. Um, but actually putting myself out there and, and, and drawing and it was all digital back then. 
Mm. Just because I was moving around a lot and traveling, it was a really easy way to take my art materials and my artwork with me. But I didn't, I wasn't at the point where I was selling or wanted to sell. It was more just a self-expression. Um, and then towards the end of being in Australia, I did my first mural. And that's where I was like, that's, that's something I really enjoy. I really just love expressing myself mm. and love drawing and love painting. And what was that mural like? Um, it was, it was on a big garage door in, in Bondi in Sydney. And, um, yeah, it was, it was weird to do, but it was fun. It was kind of like of a, of a lady with like her hair kind of going out to the sides and then all sorts of little things happening in her hair. Mm. It was, it was very narrative already. So I feel like, I feel like I was very close to my style that I have now. Yeah, that's interesting. And it did, did it look like. You know the same kind of style that you have now. Yeah, as well. so it definitely it had the the black outlines and it had like the the filled in bold colors, um, and it's. Oh hello! <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. We've got uh, we've got your partner, I presume, yes, has yes. arrived in the apartment. <laughs> <Yes>. Hello. <Hi. laughs> Which is the joy of podcast recording at somebody's house. Yeah. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> yeah, this is Chris, it's Mandy. Yeah. That's nice. That's a nice little, you know, something a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you had that style. I mean, how old were you at that point? Um, I was 28 at that point. But mm. I think like, I realized actually when I went back to Austria this year, I realized that my dad has always had lots of comic books. And we always watch a lot of cartoons. And I feel like that really influenced my style as well. Mm. Like just that comic here, you know, the black outlines. Yeah. Like that definitely, I realized, influenced it. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah. 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 And so what happened then after the, the mural making? You were obviously thinking this is something that I'd like to do Yeah. More so then um, after, shortly after that, I actually, my visa expired and I couldn't stay in Australia. So... I thought I'm not quite ready to go back to Austria, so I might just hop over to New Zealand for a year. And then I met my partner three weeks after arriving here, and so I stayed. Wow. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. So, yeah. And we were just saying before that, um, you know, it would have been, I can just imagine your mum thinking, yay, Val's on her way home, she's just about <laughs> back with me, and then you go to New Zealand and meet yeah. this lovely Chris, who I've just met, yeah. and uh, and since then you've been here for another 10 years. Yeah, I've been here for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I first got here, I um, started working graphic design. So I kind of completely self-taught because I needed a job. So I, I thought I'd like doing creative things and I'm good with computers. So I kind of just fell into it. And so I did that for a few years, but still doing digital drawings and then starting to also, um, yeah, putting myself out there more and selling the odd piece here and there, becoming a bit braver to just also telling people they're for sale. And then it wasn't until uh, end of 2019 when I was invited to come to an art fair in San Francisco that I decided that's it, that's my sign, I'm going to do that full time. Mm. And um, and then at the beginning of 2020, I quit my job, I was working for an uh, advertising agency as an art director. And so I quit my job and... Um, and then went to San Francisco to do that art fair, and it went so well. Like I sold a lot, 
And so I, th I thought that's clearly a sign. That yeah. this, this is how amazing. I'm on the right track. And how did these people find you? They found me on Instagram. So just yeah, amazing. Just goes to show Instagram you. as much as it is. <laughs> it is a pain and it's a distraction. There's also a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of opportunities through it. Like a lot of people found me through it. A lot of projects I've gotten because they saw me on Instagram. So. Mm. That's really cool. And so that was really the beginning of your full-time career. Yeah. 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 But it's amazing in your career that you've, you know, done the graphic design, you've done the art director as, you know, an advertising, you've done the fashion, you've done the animation. I mean, you are a real go-getter, obviously, and you... <laughs> You did have that initial degree, but you've you've done lots of different things, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And then I just realized a lot, like we're so lucky nowadays that you can learn so much online and you can just, mm. I don't know. I feel like if you're really interested in something, you find ways and you find, you learn things. Mm. And for me, it was also a lot, if I had to do it, I just found a way to learn it and I found a way. Yeah, which is brilliant. Yeah. And then you had the guts to think no I'm not going to do that I'm going to try this yeah. <laughs> yeah which is quite brave which I yeah which I don't know if it's a good thing if I should have stuck stuck at it a bit longer or if it was actually but yeah like now whenever I see someone like that's like 17 18 stressing out about what they should do with their life I'm always like you don't have to figure out your whole life right now just yeah. figure out the next step that's so true and then like we live for a fairly long time yeah <laughs> if you think about yeah. it so. You don't have to, it's not like the old days where you become a secretary for the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. Which is great. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I guess all of those experiences have really informed what you do now in your, in yeah. your art practice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so my arts is still like, there's always a story, it's very narrative, it's very kind of pop arty, almost a little bit cartoony, but not. Um mm. For a long time, I had a problem when people said it was cartoony. <laughs> I don't know why. You didn't like that. But I didn't like it because I felt like it kind of trivializes it. But then actually it has it, it, it has cartoony elements. Feels, and it's yeah. not actually a bad thing. No. It's like, I think just the, just the kind of maybe the style a little bit, but mm. it's probably almost more illustrative than cartoony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you think you know all through those that career, those different careers that you had? Do you think you were always searching for your art practice, or kind of hoping that eventually that would kind of happen? I think I was always searching for something that I could do that would come from me, and that I could do independently without needing anyone else or anything else to it yeah and having a little bit more sort of um say in what you were yeah creating. yeah exactly where i always felt that need of of of, of putting things out on paper or, or drawing things so i've always kind of doodled and drawn and like all my notebooks are full of drawings and it's kind of like it's always been there mm. and do you think that's a kind of form of, of therapy or communication or expression for you that's been in your life for a long time yeah which is amazing so, yeah, which is really good. I I'm, I'm feel very grateful that I have that, that I know if I feel bad, just put it out on paper and it kind of makes me feel better. Mm. It's just That's incredible. So let's start talking about your actual art practice. So for somebody who doesn't know your work, could you give us a little description of, of how your paintings and your drawings 
look yeah. and feel <laughs> and then we can start talking about you know what's behind them yeah absolutely so all my paintings and drawings are very colorful they're very pop arty and um narrative so it's always like little scenes of kind of i'd like to call it scenes of optimism and, and escapism <laughs> um of there's usually some iteration of myself in all of the drawings and paintings um and i like to add little little nostalgic elements little 90s toys or little smileys to everything so I like people going up to my paintings and drawings and just kind of discovering little details mm. and that make them smile or that maybe remind them of something they had in their childhood or if that's a real memory or a perceived memory, but kind of something that triggers something in them. Yeah, I'm sure they would. And, um, I mean, you most of your works do have people in them, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they all do. And then with the people, there's the little toys that you're talking about, which I guess probably come from your own childhood, yeah. the sort of 80s, 90s, yeah. um, and also possibly from branding and advertising. Yeah, I think a lot of it is – and it's interesting because, like, we, we connect so much with brands, like so much nostalgia is connected to, like, brands we were around when we were children. Mm. And it's kind of – yeah, it's so washed into our <laughs> upbringing, into our lives. Yeah, and you're sort of subconscious almost. Yeah, and it's quite nice actually to also include those things and then you go to the other side of the world and someone on the other side of the world had the exact same experience and is connecting with it the same way that you connect with it even though you grow up grew up so differently. Mm. And I quite like that about about pop culture things. Yeah, well, it is definitely pop, pop culture, isn't it? You're mm. sort of taking elements from a from a certain time and then kind of playing with that and playing with those ideas. Yeah. Which is really cool. And, um, I mean, just looking at your beautiful four square works you have on your wall, you like to leave a lot of white yeah. around your illustrations yeah. and your paintings. Yeah, I've actually only just started now with my latest series. I've just started to fill it all in and to put them into a bigger scene. Oh. So that's kind of a bit of a transition I'm in mm. at the moment. Oh, I'd um, like to see that. But yeah, before that it was all like, because I felt like I quite like the concentration to be on that one element or the one scene without the distractions from anything behind it. Mm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's very visually striking and effective. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I look forward to seeing you putting them into a natural, like a landscape. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. And the colour, I mean, you said it's it's quite pop arty, so it's quite sort of flat colour. Yeah. And a very fine black outline. Yeah, yeah. So it's usually, yeah, very flat, very popping, very yeah. bright, bright colours. And it has that sort of pop surrealism or sort of surrealist kind of vibe. Yeah. Because it's all quite unexpected, isn't it? Yeah. And um, potentially unlikely. And you're combining things in different ways that don't necessarily normally go together. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and you're playing with scale quite a lot, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I love definitely that. do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Like the one up there with Fortune Cookie. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so that's um that one's called Fortuna and it's a it's a it's a girl sitting behind a giant fortune cookie and she, as she opens it inside the fortune cookie is a mirror, which is actually a mirror foil on the painting. And um that was all about how we make our own fortune. So 
you are your fortune, basically. So that's how that's how that came I along. I love it, and it's um, it's really effective having the the painting on the on the white canvas, then with that sort of mirror yeah. paper inside. It's just something quite different. You sort of initially don't realise it's there almost. Yeah, so it's kind of like a mixed media yeah painting. Yeah, and I feel like in that one, especially if there was a background, I think you wouldn't see the fortune cookie or you wouldn't see the mirror. You would be distracted by things going on in the background. So mm. I quite like that you just yeah focus. And there's still a lot going on, but you kind of there's a focus. Yeah, and it's it's a really lovely composition. It's kind of it's not necessarily centered, but mm. it's sort of um, everything in it is kind of in a space together, yeah. interacting yeah. with each other almost. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the fortune cookie is like big. Yeah, so that's where you've sort of played with the scale, which is interesting. And then you've got little dinosaur watching on yeah that's what? like again like that toy that nostalgic kind of plastic toy yeah elements yeah and were you thinking anything deep by putting the dinosaur in there or did you just like the i think i just thing? liked the feeling it gave me that plastic dinosaur because it's again it's such a i think like for me living so far away from home all these little nostalgic toy elements give me a real sense of home and comforts and just safety in a way mm. so yeah and it reminds you of your childhood yeah and even though I don't think I had a plastic dinosaur it's sometimes it's yeah sometimes it's perceived memories where I see something that still reminds me of childhood and and, and lovely times and simple times mm. <laughs> yeah it's so nice you have such fond memories of your Childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess being away so far away, that becomes even more important to you. It does. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how many of my fond memories <laughs> really happened if I just have such an overall fondness of mm. it that I forgot the bad things that happened, which I feel very lucky that I can yeah. do that. And, and then back to this fortune cookie. There is a person behind the fortune cookie and you've put a sort of bunny mask onto that yeah. person is there any reason for that in particular um not the bunny in particular but the mask i think a lot of my drawings the the um protagonist i say have has a mask on um i think it's a little bit also hiding behind something like not fully showing yourself and that's also me like i'm not i wasn't ready and i'm still not to fully show myself so that was kind of a subconscious way of i'm in there but i'm not <laughs> so mm. i'm kind of that's me but it's not yeah like i could be anyone and this could be anyone yeah it's so interesting and in these four um paintings that i'm looking at one has the bunny mask one has an umbrella over their head so you can't see yeah. their face yeah. one has a panda head <laughs> and another one has a zebra mask so that's interesting yeah yeah it's really interesting and you know I think it's quite a neat thing because a bit like what Josh Lancaster was saying in the previous episode, that people can then sort of put themselves into that painting. Yeah. And they're not sort of, you're leaving that part of the story open in some ways. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm. And I also like the, the just playfulness of dressing up, which is, again, it's just such a easy way to dress up, just put a mask on and use someone else or you kind of can just be who you want to be. <laughs> yeah. 
take on a different persona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's quite a lot of the pink flamingos going on. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. I've actually got one of those in my garden. Well, so what's any significance in particular with them? I just, I don't know, I love I love flamingos and I love, again, like that, especially, you know, that flamingo floaty in the pool. For mm-hmm. me, that's just such a, such a summertime, easygoing pop of color. Yeah. Like it's just, I like the feeling of it. And Good I, vibes. And I, I just love flamingos also because I love how they are born those little gray <laughs> babies and then they eat the plankton and become this vibrant pink birds. Yeah, it's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And it's kind of happy, you know, they're sort of happy and happy-go-lucky kind of characters, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's how I feel. Like they've, they always look like, like they're smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least in my drawings. <laughs> yeah, they really do. It's so interesting. And then the way all these sort of different characters and where you've placed them um, and what they're doing is um, – it's really interesting, and even simple things like you know the the body language comes through quite strongly through your work as well. So obviously, as you said, it's these works are narrative mm. um, and referring to lots of different things. But how do you actually come up with the with the idea? Um, it often starts with a feeling that I have, or sometimes I'd see. It sometimes can also be maybe an image I saw or a conversation I had and then little bits stick in my head and then I often write them. So in my notes app on my phone, I've got like, I often write little words down or little phrases and then kind of that's how they develop. And then, cause I do all my, even my paintings, I still do them digitally. And so it's almost, yeah, then a composition of, of, of the things I heard. And then as I draw it, it comes, it kind of comes to life and I add elements and then I, yeah, mm. it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a process. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm I definitely not, that. definitely not an intuitive painter where I can just stand in front of a canvas and start painting. So there's see a lot what of, happens. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of planning involved and a lot of. Yeah. And how, to what extent is it a narrative or a story that you're trying to tell? Um, well, that's, that's very personal. I guess it's always like what's happening in my life at the moment. So. For example, I'm working on a pregnancy series at the moment and I'm pregnant. So that's like telling the story of how I feel throughout the pregnancy mm. and what's what's coming at me from the outside and from the inside. And what's happening on the inside. Yeah. And I quite like how how some of my drawings other people can connect with, like yeah. no matter where they're from or what their backgrounds. Like I feel like we all go through such similar things inside of us like we all have those very similar feelings and very similar anxieties and very similar Mm. joys so it's it's such a great connector yeah totally and you're sitting here with this beautiful belly (laughs) and your son is coming to meet us early november yes congratulations (laughs) thank you so uh, yeah that's exciting and it's it is and a, a fantastic way to communicate, I suppose. And there's so much, so many things that you go through as a pregnant woman. And as you say, that most women go through. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, during that time. So tell us about your pregnancy series. So, um, yeah, as I said, that's all about how I'm feeling and what's, what's coming to me. And it's because for me, it's such an anxious time. Like it's my life is about to completely change. 
And it's just really dealing with that change in my body, my life, my my feelings. And as I said before, it's very therapeutic, mm. so I almost need to do it. Um, so I've got four paintings done, or like paintings and drawings done so far, and I'm, I intend to do 10 in total. So I want to do not just the pregnancy, but also through birth and through then those first few weeks of having a new baby. So yeah. I want to continue that yeah. that journey. You could almost do two series, you know, the pregnancy series and then the yeah, with true. New, new baby yeah. series. Yeah. Which would be so amazing to see in a gallery. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's my plan with it, so to finish it and to like now start applying for galleries to get them into a show or to to do my own show mm. just to show the whole series because it's yeah. the first time I've done like a full series before it was all all still connected and all still me but this time it's it's really got a quite topic specific. and it's it's very it's quite nice because it's quite a niche audience I'm addressing but the audience that I'm addressing they're really connecting with it so I've had people message me just saying that's exactly what I went through or like I've got one of the paintings um it's called Advice Avalanche and it's got this pregnant girl lying in the front of it with a book that says what not to do and then those inflatable um what are they called those like that they have a car dealerships those wacky inflatable guys oh yeah with signs saying like do this and do oh, that yes, those tall things that float around in the wind yeah, yeah yeah and it's kind of all about how as soon as you get pregnant you get all this advice from everyone what to do or how they did things which is really nice and which i welcome but sometimes it's quite conflicting advice you get from different people and it's then quite hard to <laughs> decide what you actually want to do for yourself or what yeah, works for you totally and that i love that advice avalanche <laughs> illustration is that a painting or an it's a painting it's a painting that yeah. one yeah and we'll talk soon about the process of painting and drawing yeah. that you do and it's so great i love the way you've got your you're lying on a with your head on a, on a pillow and you've got yeah. your legs up on a sweet dispenser yeah it's kind of like one of those like gummy ball or yeah. like chewing gum dispensers and that's it's got a lot of little smileys all with different emotions so that's kind of in the whole pregnancy series i've got a lot of those smileys because i feel like that that's been one of the biggest things just that emotional roller coaster mm. you're on the entire time so it's kind of yeah that machine dispenses <laughs> All the so different emotions good. all the time. I love that. It's brilliant. And your your work is so interesting. The more you look at it, the more you you. you realize like, oh my gosh, it's got actual <laughs> smiley gum stoppers. And then the flamingo is actually standing on your, yeah. on your tummy. <laughs> yeah. Also wanting she to butt in. <laughs> another appearance. Yeah. And um and then I I think it's really clever again that you're not wearing a mask this time, but you've got the what to do book sort of oversized and in front of your face. Yeah. 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 Which is clever. And then this one's actually in the landscape, isn't it? Yeah. So that's when I started putting things into landscapes. And this one also has a, so there's a little cactus in the background with a balloon floating off it. So that's kind of the, it's a unicorn balloon. So it's kind of that loveliness of being pregnant, but also that prickliness of being scared every mm. step of the way that something might go wrong or something might boost that, that, lovely balloon oh, yeah so <laughs> you know every element that you include in your in your work is has so much meaning yeah yeah and it's very you know you use symbolism obviously in a, in a big yeah. way and metaphors and yeah and that definitely. kind of thing yeah 
So great. It would be great for children to use and then to write stories to. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. And then um, the other, I love the other pregnancy series work that I'm just looking at, which is a very pregnant woman with a little bear head. Yeah. (laughs) And you can just see the hair coming out, you know, the woman's hair coming out from underneath. And then you can actually see into the pregnant belly. Yeah. So that's called Mansion Expansion. Yeah. So I love your titles, by the way. <laughs> so good. So uh, can you tell us about that one? Yeah. So that was um, when my belly really started to pop and it felt like he was building himself a little mansion inside me. And um, and the the way I drew it inside is kind of, do you remember the Polly Pockets yeah. toys? Mm-hmm. So again, <laughs> from like, yeah. so it's almost like a little Polly Pocket, little worlds that he's building for himself in there. Where it's just expanding and expanding, and <laughs> mm, I love that. Still is, <laughs> yeah, so clever. And it's just got the, all the little, like there's three little blocks on there with like the initials of me and my partner's name, and then we'll we'll probably name him Oscar. So like his initial is on there, and oh. then there's like a little heart balloon. There's um, there's a picture on the wall of a mountain, which is kind of like my Austrian heritage. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. That's really beautiful. And I've kind of drawn him as a whale in a pool that's kind of almost too small for him already. So. Yeah. Oh, it's so clever. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're so visually beautiful and funky and modern and cool. You know, you've really sort of got that nailed. And Thank then you. to hear the stories behind what you're thinking is just it's fascinating. It's really, they're incredible works. Thank you so much. I think yeah. I have to get one in my house. <laughs> Give one to my daughter who's just had a baby herself. Yeah. And then I love the um, the cheeky one, the cheek of it, yeah. where a woman's um, scratching a bum. <laughs> and that is quite different in some ways. Yeah, it was like there's like two or three that are quite different where I kind of just played. I don't I, there's not actually that much behind those ones. It's kind of <laughs> just having some fun. Yeah, I think I was just having some fun and yeah. then I kind of yeah, mm, which is probably good in between the yeah the more so, and they're all smaller works as well, so they're mm. all like ten by ten inch smaller works, mm, which is quite cool to do. Yeah, just kind of in between the other stuff that's a little bit more deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a uh, palate yeah. cleanser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little brief sort of moment in between the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just very clever and. Um, yeah, I hope everyone can check out your work on your website or um, on our blog. And um, it would be nice to now talk about your painting versus your drawing. Mm-hmm. So how do they, you know, what's the difference between both? Um, well, I did. I used to only do digital drawings. That was, like I said before, because I was traveling a lot and it was just an easy way. And it was also a safe way for me because when you do something digitally you can change the colors really easily you can move elements around you can you know there's a lot of editing you can do before you're happy to send it out into the world mm. whereas painting you kind of once the paint's on there you can still change the colors a little bit but it's much harder and you can't just move one element from one side to the other easily mm. um so it took me a long time to be i guess brave enough but to just take that step and I felt I almost felt the need to you know have something in my hand and actually put the brush to canvas and and just be in the physical world again 
um and i like i like when i paint that they're imperfect that they're not you know not every line is perfect not every color is perfect not every and you can see the like not every color is completely flat like you can still see the brush marks yeah. and you can still see like when you go close you can see all those like lovely details mm. and i really like, that was hard at the beginning but now i really like that about them yeah it's lovely so i still i still sketch everything digitally so I still kind of create the compositions and the colors roughly but then obviously once you paint it, the colors are always slightly different and sometimes i start painting and i change little things or add little things to it mm. it's very clever and then i saw in your studio you had um, a work in progress painting on the easel yeah and then you've got the picture of the digital version yeah 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 so you are quite sort of calculated and and what how you want things to be yeah and, definitely and you're quite you do quite a lot of experimenting and playing until you're happy yeah so definitely digitally i think it's almost like a collage I do where I know what elements I want in there and I know what they what I want to say and then I kind of digitally can still move things around and make things bigger or smaller as I feel like it fits in the composition Mm, so good so then when I paint it I know that that's the size of that element yeah and how do you transfer the the drawing the digital image to the canvas I've got a little it's almost like an overhead projector so I kind of project it onto the canvas and then I just roughly sketch out where everything is and then and then I draw in the details and then mm. I start painting. So good. And yeah, I love that I love it that it's just slightly more painterly, I guess. It's a nice kind of it fits so beautifully with the, the digital digital drawings and then also the paintings. They're so similar. Yeah. But it's almost like you've got to come in a bit closer to see the actual painterly side of yeah. the paintings. Yeah, which I like which, which is, is another nice. It's another um, layer of, of discovery. I think I like that. When, like I like when I see a painting and then I go close and I see all these little details and it just makes it so much more mm-hmm. human and so much more, I don't know. Mm, has more impact. Yeah. And then do you, can you imagine ever actually drawing straight onto your canvas? Not at the moment. That's <laughs> not, really, not the way you work, I guess. No, I think I'm yeah. much too analytical in a way. mm but it does, like you say, give that opportunity for really exploring and sort of modifying and refining. Yeah. And because also, of, like, it's, it's quite a long process, the digital sketch. So I start something and then I'd go the next day and I'd, I'd add something or I'd see something or hear something or remember something. And then I'd be like, oh, that'd be great mm. here. So it, it's a long process until I'm actually happy and I, I paint it. Yeah. And what is the black fine line on your paintings? Is that a pen or just a uh, fine a, paint? Yeah, it's a brush. it's a Posca pen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I try to do it with a brush, but I don't have a very steady hand, mm. and <laughs> so. it's not the effect you want. Really, no, yeah. I mean, it's still the lines are still not perfectly smooth because, as I said, I don't have a very steady hand. Mm. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> I'd a be nice a terrible thing. surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> but that I think that's a nice that's a nice element. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just makes it so much more like you know it's it's done by hand. It's not it's not a computer. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it? The whole computer way of making work. I mean, I guess in once it wasn't really valued, but it's still it's still such a creative 
Why avoid it? Yeah. I found it very hard when I did only digital things and I, I sold them as um, limited edition prints. Um, and I now sell some of them as, as open edition prints as well. Um, and I just found it very hard for people to value them the same way that they value a painting, even though the same amount of thought and the same amount of effort went into it. But for some reason, it's still hard for people, I think, to connect to something that's a print that you can just reproduce a thousand times. And mm. whereas a painting is a, is just a one-off mm. and yes, but, you can have prints of a yeah. painting, but it's still that the original is still, mm. there is an original. Yeah. I guess that's the difference. There yeah. is an original. Which I quite liked when the whole NFT thing came around that with NFTs is a great way to sell digital originals. So mm. that was a way for digital artists to. Mm. But do you think that's changing? I mean, I'd like to think that it is, that sort of perception is changing. I think slowly it is changing, yeah. Mm. And I think also with more people feeling so comfortable in the digital space and being so at home in the digital space, it's definitely something that I think will change a lot mm. or is changing already. Mm. And, yeah, as I said, with, with NFTs and NFTs now being included, I think Instagram, you can now also show and sell your NFTs on Instagram and I think – they definitely have a feature on there now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So do you sell some of your work? I've that? I've done two NFTs. I've sold one and I've kind of like, I'm kind of very pulled between the digital and the physical and I really enjoy painting at the moment. So I'm kind of put that on hold a little bit, but it's mm. definitely, I can definitely see it becoming more. A way to sell work. Yeah. And also... Just with the whole metaverse and, and, and those digital worlds that are being built now, I think as people get more comfortable with those and their, their galleries in those digital worlds already that show only digital works. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely very interesting. Yeah, it's a very, whole new world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I actually need to do a podcast on NFTs because it's a, it's a big discussion, isn't mm. it? And uh, a lot of people don't know much about it, including me. Um, I think I have one of my prints on there through a friend. He sort of put it on just to see what would happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and nothing's <laughs> happened, <laughs> needless to say. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite an interesting thing. It would be good to talk to an expert mm. on the show because I think a lot of our audience would be quite intrigued. Yeah. It's definitely a very interesting thing. Mm. And I guess if you like making an NFT is not hard, it's just, but then it's the same as it's definitely not what people said a get rich quick scheme thing no. <laughs> like, yeah it's just like selling other art you need to have people that know you or that want to buy it you still mm. need to sell it it's just another avenue i guess yeah like another gallery yeah almost yeah yeah oh actually there was one that i wanted to talk about called the memories we sit on oh yeah <laughs> and i know that that has a real connection with your um family back home and your, yeah. your life in austria so uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that's um, that's a painting I actually painted during the lockdown. And the lockdown was very hard for me because usually I try and go back to Austria once a year. It was quite hard for me not to be able to go back for three years. And um, so that's um, – it's a girl kind of sitting – well, leaning on a chair, I guess, with the feet on the chair and, and looking underneath it. And under the chair there's all these – like in 90s toys, like there's a Tamagotchi and there's like a little troll and troll doll and then there's um, 
uh, what is this there? There's a smiley balloon that's slightly deflated. There's some Lego. There's some Hello Kitty things and all things that kind of remind me of my childhood. Mm. So it was very, yeah, looking looking back almost at that and just finding that that comfort mm. of home and memory. And then you were sitting on a chair. Well, the the person in the in the work is on this chair, beautiful big armchair with some um, gorgeous designs on the back. So, does that have have any significance? Yeah. So the on the back of the chairs is are these Hungarian flowers, and my grandmother was Hungarian, so that's always. And she was always wearing. She was often wearing blouses with those Hungarian um, flowers stitched on them mm. or embroidered. Yeah, I guess is the word. Yeah, on them. So I'm very. Beautiful. So just that embroidery and those colorful flowers. So yeah, maybe the colorfulness also comes from that because that's just something. Mm. Yeah, and the color, your use of color is is beautiful. I mean, it is it is brightly colored, isn't it? But it's mm. also sort of has a pastel feel about it mm. as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how that can be. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's so flat, it kind of seems brighter. But then the color itself, it's never like a neon or like super dark. Yeah. yeah. It's like a slightly sort of muted version. Yeah, a little bit. In some yeah. ways, but it still has that feeling of, of brightly coloured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, I never thought that. of it like that. But yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I might be wrong in my, no. <laughs> in my view. Um, yeah, and it must be so therapeutic for you to be able to kind of process some of that homesickness and, and – those feelings yeah. through your painting. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It definitely helps. And mm. kind of. So now you're a New Zealand resident. I'm a New Zealand resident, so I've been here almost 10 years, so I feel like an honorary Kiwi. You have been here for 10 years. You've been a full-time artist for two years. I wonder if you would have gone down the same path if you'd gone back to Austria all those years ago. I think I would have found it much harder because – I feel like when I was studying, I was I was hanging around with a lot of the other, like, I guess, people that studied art, and I just always felt like I was not. I don't know. They were very serious. It's very serious, and it's very kind of. I don't really know the right words for it, but I always felt like that's not really my scene. It's mm. like they would, or I would think that they would find what I do very trivial yeah. <laughs> in a way because it's not so deep and dark and kind of yeah tortured yeah I don't know <laughs> so I feel like I've, I've, I would have had a much harder time because I would have felt like I'm definitely not good enough like mm. I think my imposter syndrome would have been times a thousand back there really that's really whereas I feel like here I feel like much more the freedom of expressing myself and 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 yeah mm. is that because of New Zealand and and the way we are in New Zealand or do you think it's because you didn't know as many people and you weren't comparing yourself to your peers that you've sort of grown probably up probably both a little bit yeah. yeah it's probably made it easier to do it here because I I knew less people and so yeah I, I felt like there weren't as many eyes on it even though on Instagram everyone sees it but it was mm. a bit safer Mm. And but also I feel like New Zealanders are just much lovelier and kind of more accepting. Yeah, that's nice like, that you feel like that. Yeah, yeah. obviously not. <laughs> Austrians are very lovely too. Yeah, I don't yeah. Say they're not lovely. But we love Austrians. We love Austrians too. <laughs> <laughs> but just generally, I feel like the feeling of 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 yeah is much more accepting. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's um, I mean, it must be hard for you to be so far away. But um, do you ever see yourself going back? I don't really know. Like, yeah, I can see myself going back for maybe a couple of years, or like, ideally, I'd like to be here for a few months a year and then over there for a few months a year. So, ideally, I'd love to <laughs> build my career so I can maybe organize a show there, go there, yeah. do that, or paint a mural and go there and then come back here. Mm, that would be amazing. Yeah. And obviously, ideally, I'd have a child that happily comes with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing traveler. Amazing traveler. Loves <laughs> loves changing schools all the time. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's a great plan and that you can make that happen. I mean, yeah. just put your mind to it and do it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my plan to do yeah. that because I can't, I don't know if I could live there full time, but I definitely don't want to not be, spend a lot of time there either. So. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Well, we're very, as I said earlier, happy to have you here. <laughs> and uh, let's just go on to your sort of more commercial side of your business. Um, I love your, um, I don't know what you call it, I guess your sort of branding or your logo, you could call it, <laughs> is I am Valorism yeah. or Valorism, which is very cool. I love that. And it's quite unique. So can you tell us how that came about? Um, that's actually came from when I was still studying fashion and, and we had to come up with a brand name for our label. And then I came up with Valorism and it was kind of, I just always really liked it because it, my work is so personal and it's all, almost like a like a movement for myself. And um, And it was also, I liked being able to hide behind it. So it was like Valorism, but I can still be Valerie and no one knows it's me. Like they know my work, but they don't know me. That was kind of what I liked about it. Whereas now I'm in a little bit of a transition phase again, where I like, I'm actually ready to <laughs> quote unquote, come out as myself and don't hide behind the Valorism. But then I also like, like it because it's, it really fits my work. Mm. I feel like a synonym fits my work totally so yeah i'm not sure if if it confuses people if they know me as valorism but they also know me mm. as valerie Auersberg. so you might have to put a um, question on instagram and get some feedback yeah that would actually be interesting audience yeah yeah i mean i personally do think it fits so well with your work and it's quite a cool sort of brand yeah i think i think there's no reason why you can't have that branding but also have your name yeah have both. I mean, yeah. So I feel like I'm just going to ride that for now and mm. then see. Yeah. Because, yeah, my website is valorism.com and then my Instagram handle is I am Valorism. So it's very, Valorism is very present in my in my online presence. Yeah, which I think is cool. I do. I think it's really modern. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. So I think I might keep it. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I vote keep And it. also <laughs> my name is so long. Yeah. And then trying to spell my name for someone, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. And it's it's pronoun pronounced um, hours pack. Yes. Which I have been practicing and had to write it phonetically before I could get it right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mouthful for, for New Zealanders. So it's not something we're familiar with. No. A lot of us aren't. But yeah, I, I think it's a it's a good thing to have... You know, people know your name still, know the artist's name, but yeah. you appear under that under that um, brand or yeah. however you want to put it. 
And uh, just talking about, you know, you putting yourself out there a little bit more and putting, you know, photos of you and um, telling your audience what you're all about personally, I guess, is that something that you're working on? Yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on because of, like a lot of people told me that people like seeing the artist behind the artwork, but I've struggled showing my face on let's say my Instagram feed, but I'm kind of getting better. So I've the the recent reels that I put up, I've actually showed myself as well, and kind of not just you can't just only see my hand. And it's kind of it's a it's a bit of a learning process to get comfortable showing my face. Um, mm. And what is it that makes you uncomfortable? I'm not really sure. I think it's again that hiding behind something. It's a, a quite a quite comfortable hiding, <laughs> I mm. think. <laughs> Maybe you need to get a few uh, masks and panda panda hats, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you could appear as one of your paintings. <laughs> oh, I actually love that. <laughs> that would be that would fun. make me a lot more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, and you could dress up and hold your flamingo, <laughs> and yeah. you'd be set, <laughs> just fully embodied. It's <laughs> gone full circle again, coming yeah. from out from exactly. in me outside and then in me again. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That would be fun. That'd be funny. <laughs> And you're not um, connected at the moment with a gallery in particular. No, no. So mm. I've I've so far been quite lucky to to sell a lot on my Instagram, through my website or newsletters. But um, I feel like now I'm starting to look into galleries and and have started approaching galleries as well because mm. I just would really like to. Yeah. I guess also expand my audience and just really show my work in a gallery because mm. it's so different taking photos of your work or people actually seeing it because yeah. I think a lot of my work doesn't or not that it doesn't photograph well but I I'm not very good at photographing it and then my partner isn't super light like we don't mm. have the best light sources here so um yeah I just like to and I like seeing so when I did that one art fair I just really liked seeing people's reactions yeah like that brings me so much joy seeing people going up to and then discovering something or like Mm. talking about it or putting a smile on their face it's just it's the best feeling <laughs> yeah and your work is definitely that kind of work that makes you giggle to yourself and, you know just sort of privately have a bit of a laugh yeah yeah <laughs> which is great and they do work so beautifully together even just looking at the four that you've put together on your wall yeah they really speak to each other don't they yeah yeah and that's Definitely a nice do. thing of, of having it shown in a gallery on on the wall I guess yeah exactly yeah but, yeah. you know, whether it's a gallery or, or you create create your own exhibition yeah, in so a that's, space. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, especially with that series I'm doing now, I'd like to really show that as a full series and, yeah, maybe organise my own my mm. own show. Mm. And I can imagine that work, those prints in that pregnancy series, just working so well in pregnant, you know, maternity wear shops and mm. um, anything to do with pregnancy. Yeah, they would really work so well, even making cards that people can give at baby showers. Well, that's and, actually a really good idea. Yeah, there's <laughs> a huge market that. there. Yeah. And then if you just kept doing that with, you know, all the different parts of your child growing yeah. up. Yeah. You know, newborn, mum with a newborn series. Yeah. You know, mum with a kid who's just started school. Yeah. I mean, you could actually, there's so much you could be telling through, yeah, I'm quite, through that. I'm quite curious how I'll, how I'll show him, if I'll show him as a, human or if I'll show him because in the one mansion expansion painting he's a little whale mm. that's kind of swimming inside of me mm. so I wonder once he's out if he'll appear in my paintings as an animal or as a 
little human. Like mm. how I don't feel like he is going to be a human. Yeah, I don't think no. so either for some And reason. I wonder if he'd have like one animal that represents him or if he'd be lots of different. Yeah. I, think, I feel like he'd be different animals depending on what's happening. Yeah, probably depending yeah. on or toys. how he's behaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're a dinosaur today. <laughs> yeah. And oh, you're a lovely, happy flamingo. <laughs> yeah, finally, I've got I my flamingo. That. But that's the beautiful thing about your work. It's so symbolic. Yeah. That you can kind of really play with that. Yeah. You? Yeah. And I feel like it's also then easier for other people to connect with it if it's not like so concrete, if yeah. it's like more abstract. Mm, I think so. If you had a baby in there, you know, that might, there'd be some people who don't relate to that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but I guess you could do the baby with a mask on. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> He'd probably have a mask on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be really interesting to see where you take that. I'll yeah. be watching. And you also do um, some commercial projects. Can you tell us about yeah, that? Yeah, so I've done um, a few mu- murals, which, yeah, I really love doing. Mm. I was very scared at first just because of the scale, but then I quite like the end product. It's just – and it's I, I love the process as well, just painting on a wall, and mm. it's, just, it's just such a cool thing to do. So I'd love yeah. to do more murals. Yeah, and your murals are beautiful, and you do the same process of um, putting it on – yeah, on the computer. Yeah, same thing. But, but, and especially with murals, I think it's even more important because then you can show the clients this is what it's going to look like. You can mock it up on the wall and they can imagine it. I think I'd be very scared to do that all freehand and then the client would come and be like, I don't like it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you do some graphic design in magazines and that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, so I still do a bit of graphic design work on the side where I do like a layout magazines, I do websites, I do all sorts of bits and bobs just to just to kind of for for an extra little income because mm. I feel like if I'd have if I'd have that huge financial pressure to sell a certain amount I, f- I feel like it'll almost stifle my creativity a bit um yeah yeah that's I think a lot of people have that feeling yeah, no, and and then I'd, I would maybe paint things just to sell them rather mm. than like just paint them because they genuinely come from inside of me. That's right, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're, you work your Instagram page really well. It's a really great way to learn more about you. And um, you. I'll put the links on your blog post for those Thank things. you. And you do have that email database. And yeah, I've got a after your audience. Yeah, I've been very bad with newsletters. I've got <laughs> I used to send them out every few months and now I haven't sent one out probably in over a year so I've got to I've got to really get that going again and I've also realized I don't know when it was it was a few maybe last year when Instagram was down for a day do you remember that oh yes I do yeah 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 and I, I remember thinking what am I gonna do if like that's my biggest kind of audience mm. income source like and that's where I realized I have to have an alternative because if Instagram isn't around anymore, I need to still be able yeah, to reach my audience. That's true. Yeah, it's a good backup, I guess. But, you know, I do feel like Instagram is such a great way to communicate and share. And I think your audience who subscribe to your email are probably following you on Instagram. Yeah. And so sometimes I kind of think I've, I feel like I've already expressed these things or communicated yeah. these things and the email is just kind of repeating. I feel like that's why I feel like I don't feel the need as much to send something out. But then sometimes people don't see things I post. No. And so if they get into their inbox, 
they'll probably look mm. at it more than just for a millisecond. Yeah, that's true. So it's still it's still very valid. So I'm yeah. kind of working on building that out a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, it does have its place. And it's probably more future-proof as well because we've seen what happen, happens with Facebook. Now it's it's not as popular anymore. So the same thing might happen with Instagram in mm. 10 years that everyone's on TikTok only and not on Instagram and yeah. and. and everything you built on your Instagram is suddenly worth nothing anymore. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a bit more of a sort of personal connection to individuals Yeah, having their email. Yeah. So, Valerie, Valorism. Yes. <laughs> we are at that point of talking about or asking your final four Ooh. questions, <laughs> which is amazing. It's gone very quickly. Um, really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, your favourite artists of all time and how have they influenced your work? Um, I found that question very difficult because I don't have a favourite artist of all time. So there's a few artists I really like now, which is like contemporary artists, like, um, I don't know if you know, Sage Barnes, um, Ashley Longshore. I really like Daps and Myler. They're like a Australian mm-hmm. artist, keyword, uh, artist duo. And are they... Um creating work that's similar to yours yeah they're all all of them are very pop arty kind of mm. kind of work so i'm very drawn to that yeah mm. kind of work <laughs> and what about the traditional pop artists from the 50s um i do like them but i don't think i'm connecting with them as much i think because so much of it is what's happening now and in our culture that yeah yeah more current yeah mm. i think so i'll put links to those three names yes <laughs> on your blog post and do you have a favorite new zealand artist um i don't have a favorite like there's a few whose work i really like um uh like i really like rebecca turbork's work i really like malaki's work i think he does really cool work and what would you say to your younger artistic self? Um, probably don't compare yourself to others as much. I think I was very lucky growing up in a world without Instagram and Facebook, and I still compared myself to others. Yeah. Keep going and just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's very good advice. And why do you think – I think I kind of know the answer, and you probably already talked about it, but – why do you think you make this kind of pop surrealist work? Um, I think because it just brings me so much joy and it's so it's so therapeutic for me. And so even if I'm going through some really rough times, it's still like when you see the drawing, it kind of like still has a happiness in it. So like, yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's very therapeutic mm. and it's almost like I need, I need to make it, I need to get it out there for yeah. myself and yeah. then hopefully someone else will find joy in it too. Or yeah, and connect it'll to it. will help them connect. Yeah. They can connect with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think very much that's how people would react to your work. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's personal and then, but it's also giving space for other people to find it personal. Yeah. Like I'd like to think of my work hanging in someone's house and they come home and it just makes them smile. Mm. Like that's kind of my my dream <laughs> yeah. image of, of of how people would perceive it when it's hanging in their home. Yeah, love it. 
And I'm pretty sure people would feel like that and respond <laughs> like that. Oh, well, thank you so much, um, Valerie. I've loved coming into the big smoke, the big city, <laughs> and uh, seeing you in your lovely apartment and, and seeing your work in real life. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. It's been such a joy chatting to you. Thank you. You too.